0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the play play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Pa 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 pa. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. It's time to transform your health with one of the nation's leading and growing authorities in total health. Over the next hour, learn from experts on how to revolutionize the health of those you love most. This is Ask Dr. Ernst. And now, here's your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst. Well, good afternoon, happy Saturday. You're listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. My name is Dr. Aaron Ernst. Today it's a show where pounds are shed, disease is dead, and where you can be set free from your health problems. We have a special broadcast today, thanks to a Carolina game. I am streaming live only today through Facebook, YouTube, and I believe Instagram. So I'm gonna give a shout out to our online listeners and also to our podcasters who tune in after hours. Thanks for joining us today. We're finishing out a series on heart health. Yes, everything you've been told in regards to conventional approaches to heart health is a misnomer. Look, we've spent, well, the last two weeks talking about how cholesterol and triglycerides are not as dangerous as we've been told. They don't actually cause the clogging of the arteries. They're involved, but they're not the cause. We discussed how high blood pressure is actually a symptom, that your body is trying to alert you that there's a need for more nutrients. It's a deficiency that causes the excess in the pressure. So while it can be dangerous, again, it's not the cause of heart disease. We even discussed how a lot of dietary myths going super low-fat high grains, and again, avoiding all trans fats and all this stuff is actually not the solution to getting a healthier heart. So today, with this special broadcast, I'm going to give you a power-packed punch hour. Ready? The top five most important risk factors that you should pay attention to when it comes to heart health, the four most dangerous food groups that are actually the real reason Eating these causes the inflammation, which causes the damage, which leads to the symptoms, which is high cholesterol, high triglycerides, high blood pressure, etc. And we're going to discuss today, what are the foods you can incorporate? What would be a truly good heart-healthy diet? What would I be eating if I want to focus on my heart health rather than, unfortunately, what you're being told? I was watching a commercial uh, just last week with my son about how there was a a Cheerios commercial. And they're kind of like, this old man was holding a thing of Cheerios, and he's looking at the box, and he's like, I had no idea Cheerios are good for your heart. And his son's like, yeah, Dad, the healthy whole grains help to lower your cholesterol, and that helps you to have less heart disease. And I'm thinking like, man, how much has that company that produces Cheerios paid To be able to get the label and the name to say heart healthy because there's tremendous amounts of studies showing and i'm just singling cheerios out as one example high in glyphosate because of the fact it's a whole wheat based product physically labeled on the box itself it's a genetically modified food they'll admit we use gm products in it extremely high in carbohydrates per load per serving And so I look at this as a functional physician and go, guys, see, if that's what we're being told is heart healthy, we have to wake up. We got to figure out what is it that we're doing that's causing irritation and damage to our hearts. Because if what we were doing worked, I think you guys might agree with me, we would expect to see heart disease going down over time. The number of deaths from heart disease should be dropping if we're truly going after the root cause. And we have more doctors, more hospitals, more drugs, More statins. I mean, there's a plethora. We had a patient this last week who's coming in taking five different types of blood pressure lowering medications. So again, if the approach is let's eat a standard diet, Americanized, let's wait till symptoms show up and take our medications, that is the recipe for disaster with your heart. So I'm gonna teach you today What are the risk factors that you should actually be tracking? And I know it's going to come as a shock. It's not sticking a cuff around your arm and look at your blood pressure. It's not running your labs to look at your cholesterol numbers and your triglycerides. Those are important, but they're not the root cause. If we had to sum it up into one global word, inflammation is the issue that's causing our hearts to go through the severe effects that we see today. Think about it like this. Your heart is physically pumping five quarts of liquids, blood, through your body 24-7, 365 days without even thinking about it. You have over 60,000 miles of blood vessels inside of your body. And that would be enough if we lined them up, just so you guys know, line by line, all the vessels in your body to go around the entire earth twice. I mean, look at the brilliance of who you are. 60,000 miles of blood vessels, and it circulates through there on a regular basis every single day. Your heart will beat roughly 100,000 times today alone. And each beat requires a tremendous amount of cellular energy. And so we have to talk about, is that heart beating efficiently? Are you getting a good miles per beat, if you want to think of it that way? Over your average lifespan, it's 3 billion beats without ever stopping. And for some of you, It's even faster because your heart rate is higher than it should be. Your pressure is higher than it should be. Your cholesterol is higher. Your triglycerides are higher. And you notice everything's high, 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 high. So we have to always look at it from the perspective of if there's a reaction in excess elevation, it's because there's a deficiency. And what you're going to learn today is the deficiency creates the inflammation. And that right there. We've been fed so much misinformation about how heart disease is saturated fats from your diet and cholesterol, so therefore, don't eat saturated fats. My God, you should never eat cholesterol, right? And the fact that, you know, you need to start working out more and controlling your heart with exercise, all of this is a misnomer. What we now know, the root cause of cardiovascular disease stems from inflammation which stems from these five risk factors. Number one being, again, the amount of inflammation you have. Listen, I know you guys, it's a special broadcast, so I'm I'm pointing to our Facebook viewers and our YouTube and Instagram viewers. If you haven't gotten a chance to get a copy of our Heart Heal Thyself ebook, do it right now. Above or below the link, or the video, sorry, is a link you can click that'll take you straight to page. Type in your name, your email, your phone number, boom. Hey, if you're listening on a podcast, maybe you're in your car and you're driving, just do one simple thing for me. Text the word heart with your name and email to 704-906-2094. I'll shoot the ebook over to you directly. We're hosting a live masterclass Saturday, November 11th. It's next weekend, okay? And what we're going to do is we're going to discuss what is it That your doctor is missing when they're running their tests. They're not looking for chronic inflammatory markers. We're going to discuss the top leading cause of heart disease that even your physicians aren't even talking to you about. And a lot of functional physicians don't even talk about it. We're going to discuss that. And we're going to go through how you can engage in a method of naturally cleansing, cleaning, and detoxing your heart by removing some of the most common toxins that you're exposed to every day, in the products you use, in the water you drink, in the air you breathe. It's unavoidable. We can't get rid of these toxins from our environment, but we can lessen the burden in our body. We can stop putting them on us and we can remove them. So we're going to go through how to clean your heart. Physically think of it like a cardiovascular detox. I'll walk you through how to do it on that masterclass. All you need to do is text your name your email, the word heart, or above or below this video, find that link and click on it, fill out your information, and boom, I'd love to see you there. Okay, top five risk factors. These are the things you should be looking for. Think about how cool it would be if your doctor said, okay, we're going to check your body for the amount of inflammation that it has. We're going to score your inflammation. Now, the test that I run in my clinic, as a functional chiropractor, a holistic physician, a doctor of natural medicine, is directly that. We look at inflammatory scores. Chronic inflammation is the mitigating factor behind, listen, not just heart disease, it's heavily involved in cardiovascular disease, but cancer, autoimmune disease, uh, obesity, diabetes, inflammation, what is it, okay? And it's a ominous term. Simply put, it is having too much oxidative Reactants. Okay, the best way I can describe this is you are a car and you produce energy and you produce heat and you also produce waste. And I'm not just talking about like urine and stool that comes out and goes physically into the toilet. In every cell of your body, you have this engine. And it's your mitochondria and it's all the enzymes in the cells that are inside of the cell. So as you're converting fats and proteins and carbohydrates into cellular energy, remember you're an engine, you produce waste molecules and oxygen can connect with these waste molecules and they become what are called oxidative stressors. Think of them as like reactants. Damage can happen inside the cell because of having too many of these oxidative stressors, and your body is designed to remove them if you have the correct amount of nutrients. When you become overburdened with what are called reactive oxidative species or oxidative stresses, it starts to create an inflammatory process inside the cell. It mitigates an immune response, and if you think about it, to your body. An inflamed cell is sick. It is toxic. It is dangerous. So your immune system starts to ramp up and you can actually start attacking the cell. And in low levels, it's fine because we need to destroy the cell and get rid of it and make a new one come back that's not inflamed. But in high levels, it's the defining factor of autoimmunity. It's when our bodies become reactant to the inflammation, we start attacking our own cells. Oxidative stress will also then, unfortunately, inhibit the function of the engine. The more waste you have that's not being eliminated, the harder it is for the engine to produce more energy. So, the mitochondria inside your cells, which take, again, fats, proteins, and carbs and make energy, need to be cleaned. If we can remove the cellular inflammation or the oxidation, we can enhance your engine. And give you more energy now here's a fun fact your heart has more mitochondria than any cell in your entire body because every single beat requires thousands upon thousands of atp molecules or cellular energy molecules so you need to make the energy to make your heart beat but in the process of making the energy you have reactive oxidative stress exhaust that must be eliminated. And if you don't eliminate the exhaust, the cell itself becomes affected. If it's your heart, you start to create inflammation within your heart. This is why getting tests done to find out how inflamed your heart is, is 10,000 times better than figuring out how much cholesterol do you have or what is your blood pressure? A couple things you can do to do that. Number one is you can look at a high spe- specific. It's called HSCRP, cardiac reactive protein. It is a blood test. If your HSCRP levels are anything over one, functionally, we're going to start panicking, going, oh, there's physically inflammation within your heart. And what are we looking at? We're looking at decreased mitochondrial function, aka early signs of heart disease, way before your medical doctor is going to find it. If it's in the three, four, five range, now we know physically it is fully inflamed, diagnostic inflammation of the heart. But again, see, medically they would go, well, what's your blood pressure look like? Ah, it's okay, what's your cholesterol? It's okay, you don't have to worry about it. We can't prescribe anything, so you don't have a problem yet. But you already are showing signs of inflammation. Nine out of 10 people we work with, functionally and holistically, fail an inflammatory test. Homocysteine is another marker you can look at in your blood. If homocysteine levels are elevated, anything over 10, we know there's inflammation running rampant. Another way we can check your inflammation is look at things like your SED rates. How fast do your red blood cells fall in a test tube? If they take a tremendous amount of time to fall, it's because they're all inflamed and swollen. We can also look at things like your omega-3 fatty acid ratios. We can run tests to find out how inflamed you are. And it's so wild to me. Again, as a holistic doctor, people come to us in our clinics and say, "Uh, I'm taking medications for heart disease. I'm taking medications for this, that, the other. And uh, what we want is a way out. I've never met a person who says, I can't wait to keep taking my medications. Now, most people say, Dr. Ernst, how do I reduce my need for blood pressure, cholesterol, triglyceride, heart disease, palpitations, arrhythmias? And it's always, well, have you checked your inflammation? Do you know what your inflammatory scores are? No. No. So we start there. So risk factor number one is how much inflammation do you have? Risk factor number two, what are your minerals looking like? What are your nutrients? So we got to talk about minerals, and then we have to talk about vitamins. One of the most important minerals by far for your heart is figuring out what is your calcium metabolism looking like. And I know you might be like, wait, wait, wait. I thought calcium metabolism has to do with bone health. Well, it does. And if you think about it like this, if you're not building bone, you're not re-establishing good bone structures in your body. Where is all the calcium that you're consuming and hopefully not taking, because I'm going to talk about that in a second, where is it going? So if you have lots of calcium in your blood, then what happens is the calcium can actually start attracting itself to the areas of inflammation, causing hardening of your arteries and inviting cholesterol, which should be a healthy molecule to clean things up, to get stuck in the area of the hardening. Guys, there's no specific reason that your body just starts attaching calcium to your vessels unless it's not putting the calcium in your bones. And there's a massive oversight to this because most people that have low levels of bone strength, right, so their DEXA scans are low, they're being labeled as osteoporosis or osteopenic, because that's a massive risk factor for heart disease happening because the, the calcium is not going in your bones, it's going in your heart, it's going in your vessels, and it's causing the hardening, the sclerosis, and it can lead to a plaque relationship. I've talked about this with numerous people before, but they're now finding out that finding out how much calcium is in your heart and in the vessels of your heart is a better test for cardiovascular risks than, again, cholesterols and heart disease. It's like a cardiac calcium score you can actually get a special scan of your heart and they score you and give you a number. Obviously, how much calcium do you want in your heart? Zero. Is there a specific number? Well, if you start seeing thousands, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, the higher the number, the worse that we know your heart health is because you're packing calcium in the tissue itself. Think of calcium as kind of like a scar. If your vessels in your hearts are being scarred, your body's trying to stop and fix something, it's the inflammation that's causing that. So if your mineral balance is off, if your calcium is high, if your magnesium is off balance, if you've got low copper, and if your D3 to K ratios are out of balance, that is a risk factor for heart disease, more so than blood pressure and cholesterol. What about nutrients? And I'm not just talking about like vitamins, but I'm talking about the actual nutritional components that come in foods we eat. Most plants and fruits and vegetables, of course, they're loaded into two different categories, flavonoids and polyphenols. Flavonoids are things that we find that are often in like teas and wines, okay? So ECGC, uh, resveratrol, these kind of things. Polyphenols are, again, sort of natural antioxidants, and they themselves help to turn your mitochondria back on. Flavonoids are antioxidants. They get rid of the waste of the engine. So, when you make energy, you got to get rid of the waste. But to help the engine be supported, we need the polyphenols. This is why things like chocolate and olives and cherries and blueberries, all these highly antioxidizing foods, are going to be in this list we talked to you about. So, we need to look at minerals. We need to look at your omega fats. And the fourth which again, I talk about a lot, but most people don't, is the risk factor of your blood sugars, okay? The most important number you could ever look at for your heart health is what is your blood sugar when fasting and what is your A1C? But Dr. Ernst, I don't have diabetes. Why do I need to do this? It's not about diabetes. These numbers aren't just specific to diabetics. They look at them because they're often extremely high. And guess what's really high in diabetics? Cholesterol problems, triglyceride problems, heart disease, because blood sugar fluctuations, here's what happens: too much sugar will sugarcoat proteins, and these proteins are needed to make energy. And if the enzymes in your body are sugar-coated, they're called advanced glycosylated end products or an age score. Advanced glycosylated end products themselves are also reactive oxidative species, so they cause damage to the tissues. So the more we have elevated blood sugars, the higher the A1C we have, the more risk we are for shutting down the engines in the mitochondria of all the cells in our body, which most specifically can affect your heart. So the fifth risk factor, again, this is something nobody talks about, unless you've been to a functional holistic physician, is the idea of if you're subluxated, if you have nerve interference, then your brain can't send the signal properly to your heart to even make it work in the first place. So arrhythmias, palpitations, tachycardia, bradycardia, pressure abnormalities. Hey, it could be you have an undiagnosed subluxation, an interference in your nervous system that is physically dysregulating how your brain tells your heart when, where, why, how, and at what strength to beat. So if you're subluxated, if your blood sugars are imbalanced, even if you're not diagnosed as a diabetic, if you have nutrient deficiencies in both flavonoids and polyphenols and core vitamins and even your minerals, and you're inflamed, that is the recipe for disaster for your heart. And guess what is the number one cause of all of those things? Well, outside of this, but actually, you know, you could argue, ready, that your diet can subluxate you. Your diet can cause you stress in your nervous system because it causes stress to your organs. It is the lifestyle we live. I read a recent study. Listen to this. In 2016, this is years ago, they found out that if you just fixed your lifestyle, you could reduce your risks for heart disease by almost 50%. 50%, guys, you could cut it in half. If instead of focusing on cholesterols, triglycerides, and blood pressure, it happens so many times. We had a patient the other day, uh, my doctor ran a test, my cholesterol's high, they're freaking out about my heart. What do you think, Dr. Ernst? And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here going, okay, first of all, I've talked to you thousands of times about heart disease is not caused by high cholesterol. What we need to do is figure out if your cholesterol is elevated, why is it elevated? What are you deficient in? And if you fix the deficiencies, your cholesterol will naturally lower itself down. You'll be at peace because you still think cholesterol causes heart disease, but your body will be homeostatically healthy and your heart will function the way that it should. 46% is what they found out. Almost 50% reduction in cardiovascular disease if you change your lifestyle. So when I come back from this commercial break, I'm going to show you the foods that you're eating that are destroying your heart and the ones you need to add your diet that will fix your heart. And a comprehensive list of those heart-healthy foods and nutrients and everything you need is found inside our Heart Disease Heal Thyself ebook, which again, since this is a special broadcast, right? There's a game preventing me from being on the airways, but we're still on Facebook, streaming live, YouTube streaming live, Instagram streaming live. Above the video or below is a link you can click that will let you register and grab this ebook for free. Or again, if you're listening somehow on an airways electronically and you're in the car driving or wherever, just text the word heart with your name and email to 704-906-2094 right now. And the ebook is yours and the masterclass guys next Saturday, the 11th of November live online. You and me, we can talk, we can chat. We can show you here's what your risk factors are. Here's how you solve this and it's all free. Take a moment to click the links, send us a text, and we'll be right back. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. Welcome back. Happy Saturday. Hey, thanks for tuning in and listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. My name is Dr. Aaron Ernst, and on today's special broadcast, we are streaming live on Facebook, live on YouTube, live on Instagram. Ready for this? There's a Tar Heels game today, and we are preempted. Not a big deal because I'm still coming at all of those of you who watch our live streams to teach you the heart-healthy habits you should adopt that, according to research, can lower your risk for heart disease by almost 50%. 46, if you're one of the math nerds and if you find the study. Lifestyle correction, 46% reduction in heart disease. And they weren't talking about exercise. They weren't talking about making your cholesterol levels look good nor were they talking about making your blood pressure look good or your triglycerides. They were talking about the foods we eat, the inflammation it causes and how that is linked to heart disease. And all during our show today, I am giving away my heart disease heal thyself ebook. You can grab this right now. Above or below your video should be a link you can click that will let you register not only to get the ebook for free, but on Saturday November 11th, I'm hosting a live online masterclass where we will reveal to you the top three functional causes of heart disease, how you test for all three of those, what you can start doing immediately at home to start resolving those three, and how you can finally take control of your heart health. And if you're somebody who's taking a blood pressure medication, a statin, an arrhythmia blocker, ACE inhibitor, etc., that is the event for you if you're looking for a way out. We have seen countless numbers of patients reduce their needs for heart medications when they fix the underlying cause. Remember, it's the show where pounds are shed. Yes, you lose weight as a side effect. Disease is dead because you can take control of it, and you become set free of your health problems when you become your own doctor and educate yourself. What are the foods we're eating that are destroying our heart? Okay, number one, I think you can't go a show with the Dr. Ernst show without talking about sugar. And most specifically, the reason I want to talk about this is because sugar is an anti-nutrient, meaning... When you put sugar in your body, and it's not just the white sugar, guys. It's things that are laden with carbohydrates, either added and or processed. It physically drains you of the minerals we need to fight back inflammation. Magnesium goes way down. Copper goes way down. Calcium starts to become dysregulated, and we lose vitamin D and vitamin K when we are eating a high-sugar, low-fat diet, standard American diet. We also know that sugar itself stimulates your liver to produce insulin, and insulin is not just a blood sugar-lowering hormone. I've talked about this multiple times. Insulin also causes elevation and inflammation. It forces your cholesterols up. It forces your triglycerides up. It forces your blood pressure up. So if you have lots of carbohydrates in your diet, you're going to make yourself inflamed, and the sugars we eat cause heart disease, all right? You can go Google this if you want. There was a study done, I think it was about 2016, where they actually found out there was a, uh, I'll call it a coup, if you will. There was a study published years ago trying to blame fats, saturated and trans fats, right, as being the cause of heart disease. And what they found out was it was actually sugar that did this. So the, uh, the American Sugar Association paid to have the word switched. Google this. Type in uh, sugar foundation, sugar cholesterol myth, and you're going to find out that there are studies showing that it was actually sugar that creates the inflammation that causes the damage to the heart, and the American Sugar Association, which is actually a company, said we don't want ourselves to be blamed, Uh, so what do we do? We blame fat instead, okay? Okay. Sugar causes heart disease, period. The more sugar you eat, the more likely you are to have it. Because chronically elevated blood sugars, what does it do? It sugar coats your enzymes. And we need enzymes in the mitochondria of our cells to produce energy, ATP. And without energy, your cells starve to get rid of their wastes. And as they become more oxidized, more rusted, your body will build an immune response to start attacking those cells and get rid of them and this is what causes long-standing autoimmune disease. And by the way, there are some studies suggesting that cardiovascular disease is actually an autoimmune condition where your body is attacking itself. Food number two, it's a group of them, okay? It's the grains that we eat. Wheat, corn, rice, oats, et cetera. For multiple reasons, they're high in carbohydrates, most of them are genetically modified, so they've been altered genetically to grow differently than what our bodies are used to seeing. So the protein loads are off balance. Wheat is going to be higher in gluten. Corn is going to be higher in fructose, et cetera. And most recently, they found a lot of these guys are laden with a toxic chemical glyphosate, which has been known to physically shut off mitochondria. So isn't it funny? We eat the grains because we think they're heart-healthy. They spike our blood sugars, they cause an insulin push, and they elevate our toxicity levels, and that all damages our heart. So we got to get rid of grains, wheat out, rice out, corn out, oats out, not just because of the fact that they're loaded with pesticides and herbicides, but they're heavily genetically modified. They spike our sugar responses, and they are, in essence, a major inflammatory product. How about this? trans fats and just fats in general that are coming from plant sources that are altered modified and made in a method that makes them cheap which is why they're in almost every single food out there hydrogenated and partially hydrogenated fats that's things like cotton seed oil palm soy uh-oh corn uh-oh and canola all these healthy oils are ex- ex- actually extremely inflammatory for your heart Manufacturers use these guys because they're so inexpensive and they're so like readily available and they are pushing so hard with the media propaganda to make you think that they're healthy for you that you would actually say, oh, I want the mayonnaise that has canola oil in it. I want the vegetable oils and the things to cook my foods with. I'd rather use the margarines and the soft spreads than the butters because, again, we still believe the lie, unfortunately. Listen to this, consumption of hydrogenated and partially hydrogenated fats in research has been shown to elevate risk for cancer, atherosclerosis, which is the hardening and the plaquing of the arteries, diabetes, and I said that right, diabetes and obesity, Diabesity. sterility, systemic dysfunctions, birth defects, problems with our bone formation. So it almost forms us to get to the where we start to calcify our arteries in the first place. Partially hydrogenated vegetable oils are the strongest link to the increased risks for cardiovascular disease. They've done studies, listen to this, where they took people that had physical blockages in their arteries, and they removed all of the polyunsaturated, all of the hydrogenated oils, the canola, the corn, the Wesson, all the plant oils from their diet, and their vessels started to show improvements in blood flow. Then they put them back on them and they started to see the clogging and everything start to come back up again. Why? They create inflammation and inflammation is the root of all problems. Another thing that we're eating that's causing problems, okay, a lot of people have been told that red meats cause heart disease. And there's a misnomer behind this because it's what kind of red meat is it? And I'm not talking about is it you know like a steak or is it a T-bone or is it you know, a beef or is it lamb? I'm talking about is it corn fed, grain fed, or is it not? And unfortunately, today, the risk becomes, oh, Dr. Ernst, I'm eating grass-fed meat, so I'm doing some great work for my heart. Well, a lot of grass-fed is still grain-finished. What that means is they eat grass for 90% of their life, and for the last 10%, they're loaded up with the corn and rice and wheat and soy and oats that make the cows fat because we buy it per pound, not per you know slice, and we still get the same effects So while it's grass-fed, it's still grain-finished. And these meats, unfortunately, the animals themselves are not designed to eat corn and rice and oats and soy. So it causes a tremendous acidification of them, changes their digestive system, causes overgrowth in bacteria, leads to ulcers, leads to infections. They've even found it elevates the amount of E. coli found in the food itself. And so to combat this, what a lot of farmers do is they give them antibiotics or now vaccines. They're trying to sort of treat the animals with drugs to prevent them from getting sick because of the diet, because it makes them fatter. So grain-fed conventional meats, corn-fed finished, even grass-fed, but corn-fed finished meats are extremely imbalanced. A recent study was done. Grain feeding of animals reduces the omega-3 fatty acids, reduces conjugated linoleic acid, cuts down on vitamin A and vitamin E, and it blocks the ability for there to be a good amount of healthy proteins. What I mean by that is they're sort of modified and they're sugar-coated and they're glycosylated. So when we eat a grain-fed animal, We're inviting the inflammation. So was there some truth to the fact that if you eat a lot of grain-fed red meats, you're going to lead to an inflammatory process that can cause heart disease in the downstream effect? Yes. But they've done research behind this. Grass-fed and finished, meaning that the animals themselves ate what they should eat. Wild-caught fish that are not being fed grains those actually create a decrease in inflammation because they're super high in omega-3. They have tremendous amounts of conjugated linoleic acid, which actually cleans your arteries. They're high in the fat-soluble vitamins, and they help to promote good, healthy heart functionality. So we need to cut out those heart-dangerous foods and start focusing on the foods that'll actually bring health to your heart. And I'm gonna start with some of the fats, okay? Number one, you've probably been told Watch out for coconut oil because it might elevate your cholesterol. But again, you have to stop believing the lie that elevated cholesterol means heart disease. It doesn't. Elevated cholesterol means inflammation. And does inflammation lead to heart disease? Yes. So you can't blame the fireman for the fire itself. Cholesterol is like a fireman. It's coming to the blaze to try to say, hey, can we help to put this out? So if you have a lot of inflammation, if you have a lot of fire, if you have a lot of oxidative stress, of course your cholesterol is going to be elevated. Coconut oil is extremely high in things called median chain triglycerides, or MCTs. Here's what's unique about it. They go straight through the cell membrane into the mitochondria, and they turn that engine on. Now, remember, we got to turn the engine on to get more energy so we can have good cellular function. But we also need to be able to get rid of that oxidative waste, so the stress response or the exhaust. So coconut oil needs to be consumed in addition to the highly polyphenolic and flavonoid-based foods, which we're going to talk about in a second. So if you want to summarize this, right, we need to do the heart-healthy oils that turn your engine on, and we need to eat the foods that are high in flavonoids and polyphenols that get rid of the waste, So now this highly converting engine is producing tons of energy. You're getting rid of the waste. Your inflammation goes down and your heart thanks you for it. Oh, so does your waistline and so does your energy and so does your hair and your skin and your nails. Coconut oil is also extremely high in lauric acid, which has been shown to reduce blood sugar, lower cholesterol, and helps to be naturally antiviral, antimicrobial, antibacterial, and even antiparasitic. Now watch this, right? 92% of coconut oil is saturated fat. (gasps) We were told saturated fats cause heart disease. Remember, it's corn-fed, highly toxic, animal-based saturated fats that do that. Plant-saturated fats are naturally occurring. And coconut oil is one of the highest naturally occurring plant-saturated fats on the market. These types of saturated fats from plants... Will actually raise your HDL. Now, just just take half a second. Ready? Right? If my HDL levels go up, is my cholesterol going to go up? Yes, it will, Doctor Ernst. Is your doctor going to freak out if they're medically trained and they're thinking cholesterol causes heart disease? Yep. That's why there is so much controversy over coconut oil because if you believe the lies, saturated fat causes heart disease, they're going to say, "Oh my God, cholesterol or sorry, coconut oil, is saturated fat. Don't eat that. It causes heart disease." Eh. Well, look, coconut oil actually elevates people's cholesterol levels. Yeah, it's elevating the good, which makes your total go up. It also helps to lower triglycerides. And rarely do we connect the dots between triglycerides and heart disease because it is a fat. So do we need to eat more coconut oils? Yep. Do we need to eat more butter? Oh, but Dr. Ernst, I thought butter causes heart disease. That's why I use shortenings and uh, margarines and all this stuff. Grass-fed again. Does corn-fed butter lead to inflammation and cause irritation and damage and may lend to heart disease? Yes, corn-fed, grain-fed, sugar-fed. So if the butter is grass-fed and finished, then it's extremely high in median chain triglycerides. It also has arachidonic acid and conjugated linoleic acid. And by far for butter, butter B, butyric, butyrates B, Butyrate is a short-chain fatty acid that has been shown in studies to be extremely anti-inflammatory and promote energy production and help your heart. So should you be lobbing off a tablespoon of butter and eating that? Yep, if it's grass-fed. Should you be mixing it into your uh, coffees or your teas? Because now remember, coffee is high in flavonoids, so we want the flavonoids. We want the median chain triglycerides. So if we do coffees and teas with coconut oils and butters and we blend them around to drink them, we're drinking a heart-healthy start to your day. Conjugated linoleic acid is also high in butter and grass-fed animals, and it uh, promotes a reversing of atherosclerosis, according to some studies. People that have high levels of conjugated linoleic acid in their blood have extremely low levels of cardiovascular events. Go figure. Grass-fed butter is also extremely high in vitamin A, D, and K, which are our classic things we need to shuttle calcium back into your bones so we get it out of your heart. The harder your vessels are, the more likely they are to attract the cholesterol to it, because cholesterol is going, hey, there's way too much calcium here. We need to give some anti-inflammatory nature to the vessel. So let's hang out here. Let's try to solve this. And again, if it plaques, your doctor starts freaking out. Where do we get the flavonoids from? Where do we get the polyphenols from? Well, number one, it's dark green leafy vegetables. I know. I know what you're thinking, right? Spinach, kale, chard, dandelion, uh, Swiss chard, arugula, bok choy, You know, like they're all great, but like seriously, do I have to eat these things? Yes. Watch this. Most of them contain up to 400% the amount of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients we need on a daily basis for our heart health. Vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, vitamin K, folic acid, glucosinolates, which are the sulfur compounds found in the cruciferous family, have actually been shown to help detox the body and remove heavy metals and pesticides and the things that make us more likely to end up with heart disease. You may know this if you've been following us to any degree. Cadmium, lead, mercury, and aluminum are directly linked to cardiovascular dysfunction. And a lot of us have them in our body. And one simple way you can get them out is to bump way up the dark green leafy vegetables. Now, if we want to start looking at more polyphenolic and the ones that get really good heart health, it used to be said, if you've been around long enough, that an apple a day would keep the doctor away, so they say. But I think it actually should be rephrased as an avocado a day can keep your heart doctor away. Avocados are some of the most nutrient-dense, heart-healthy foods on the planet, in my opinion, because they contain something called beta sitosterol which has been shown To decrease inflammation, therefore, lowering your LDL levels, raising your HDL levels, lowering your triglycerides, and it acts as a massively powerful antioxidant. Remember, if I could sum this up, accidents with oxygen where you have a reaction, you're making energy in your mitochondria, and what happens is we start to get excess oxidative species, so we get a lot of engine waste. Our mitochondria are making energy, and we have a lot of exhaust. If the exhaust stays around, it causes damage to your cell tissues. Beta-cysterol is one of the greatest antioxidants that gets rid of this. So is glutathione, an antioxidant. And guess what? Avocados are extremely high physically in glutathione itself. And lutein, which is also another great antioxidant. They are high in vitamin B, vitamin C. They have trace minerals. They have an exceptionally high healthy fat ratio. They are a monounsaturated fat which again has been shown to help lower cholesterol. Why? It's anti-inflammatory and raise your HDL levels, which helps to remove the plaque from your arteries. Pomegranates are another one, but but before you run out, because most people that do this pomegranate thing are drinking pomegranate juice. Again, somehow the company, Palm, got labeled as heart healthy. It's true, pomegranates are heart healthy, but if you're going to drink the juice, two ounces at the most, Why? Super high in sugar. So if we understand that sugar causes inflammation, inflammation causes heart disease, are pomegranates sweet? Yes. But if you eat them in their whole fruit component, the seeds themselves, they have a crunch to it. There's a fiber to the seed. They have the wrapper. They have the fruit juice inside of it. We're getting more of the whole component. They're high in vitamin C, high in potassium, high in pantothenic acid, vitamin B5, and extremely high in those polyphenols that we need to remove the oxidative stress and damage from our body. Pomegranates, by far as a fruit, have been studied just to protect against heart disease, boost your immunity, lower your cholesterol, lower your blood pressure. And again, if you're doing the juice, maybe two ounces at the most. Okay, we talked about grass-fed beef and venison and buffalo and bison and all the red meats, but we also need to talk about the fish you eat. If you're eating fish that are farmed, it means someone is out there chucking corn and rice and soy pellets at them, and they're growing highly inflammatory. Fish, by definition, should be high in the omega-3 fatty acids, EPA and DHA. Those two have been shown to reduce cardiovascular risk. Why? They're anti-inflammatories. Why does cholesterol go down? Why do triglycerides go down? Why does cholesterol go down when you consume healthy fish and fish oils? It reduces inflammation. The challenge of today is most people, when they get their omega fatty acids tested, have an omega-6 ratio that's 20, 200 times higher than it should be. We want the ratio to be about 4 to 1, omega-6 to omega-3 and 9, and ideally 1 to 1 if you can pull that off. So healthy fish oils that you can take as capsules or just physically eating small wild-caught fish, about as big as a salmon, nothing greater than that. So sardines, anchovies, uh, halibut, etc. Small fish, right? We want the guys that are not chemically loaded with mercury and other metals. Okay, here's the one fun, fun one as we kind of finish our show out today. Dark chocolate. Okay, chocolate is actually extremely high in magnesium, iron, copper, calcium. And manganese, these are those micronutrients I talked about earlier, most people are extremely deficient, especially in copper and magnesium, which runs the engine to help you make more energy. So if we eat the raw, dark, 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 darks, right? High, 70, 80, 90%. They're loaded with what are called catechins, which are a super flavonoid antioxidant. The catechins can effectively help to reduce your risks of cardiovascular disease because they increase nitric oxide, which helps your body's vessels to enlarge. So here we go. We just went through the foods you can add that are heart healthy. All of them are listed inside my Heart Heal They Self book As we're coming up close to the end of our show today, just remember, you have more control over your heart health than you've been told. It's not cholesterol, triglycerides, blood pressure, not even your genetics. It has to do with your lifestyle. You can turn it around. Up to 50% drop in cardiovascular disease when you adopt the Heart Heal Thyself ebook techniques. There's links above and below the video. You can download it right now and you can join me next Saturday for our masterclass. Thanks for tuning in this week and next week I look forward to seeing you on the live event and also with the Ask Dr. Aaron Show as we're here every Saturday, 3 p.m. unless there's a game like there was today. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys next week. Be blessed. Until then.